This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. There are legends around here. He died my chief fucking king of the zombies. Even if only in their own minds. <laughs> Forgotten, but not yet dead. I want to play a game. Some have tried to stop them, but they keep coming back. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. Coming to entertain you. They are the Crystal Lake Soldiers. Welcome back to the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast. My name is Isaiah, joined tonight by Mark. How are you doing this weekend, sir? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm still, uh, I don't know how you would say it, but I'm still feeling really uh, excited to listen to the extra episode we did with Den Santa Carla. I can't wait to hear that. Oh, it's, man, it's that was so, so fun. fun. It was great. Almost three hours just ranking the Predator and a- Alien series. It's 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 great. Be on the lookout for that, guys. Uh, it is their bonus episode. It's us ranking all twelve movies in both franchises and the Alien versus Predator movies. It was a lot of fucking fun. Um, it was me and Mark with uh, both guys from Dead in Santa Carla, so Andy and and Brian, and then also Rod from uh, the Murder Moose podcast. So um, it, it was a lot of fun. Be on the lookout for that on through their show. It, it's it was a great time. Honestly, we had so much fucking fun. It was great, and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, we we were recording. We started at like nine central time. We didn't get done till like midnight. Yeah, it was, it was pretty late. It was late, but it was so much fun. So worth it. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, and definitely check out their show as well. It's and and Rod's show, uh, for Murder Moose. So and they're both both shows are on the Slash and Cast Podcast Network, along with us. So good stuff. Uh. Now we're ending up, or wrapping up rather, our month-long look at comedy franchises. So we've talked about Ghostbusters, Naked Gun, and Revenge of the Nerds, and we're ending it with the Beverly Hills Cop trilogy. Uh, but before we get into all that, though, what have you been up to this week? Uh, a little bit of the same. I've been trying to play some of the games that I've left unfinished because I'm really bad at not finishing games. It's it's becoming a a real issue. <laughs> when you when you keep buying games and buying games and you haven't finished the games you've gotten already. Yep. Um I've been playing uh I've been playing my Switch trying to beat uh Luigi's Mansion and that game's still it's it's a family friendly game, but it's mm-hmm. so charming and funny. And if you like Switch, I, I I can't recommend it anymore. Um, I tried a game, new game called uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Okay, and it's got like a cartoony aesthetic, like Zelda: Breath of the Wild, and it's got like puzzles and platforming, like Zelda with. Uh, combat that's sort of like a assassin's creed i think odyssey because it, okay. it was made by ubisoft quebec and i'm pretty sure it's the same team that made odyssey it's it's pretty fun so far um still playing some 
Dark Souls, uh, watching Beverly Hills Cop. I haven't. Oh, we started watching. I think I heard you guys talk about it before, but we started watching Modern Family, and that show is so fucking funny. Okay. <laughs> I love the Manny, the the little chubby uh, Colombian kid. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> <is> so funny. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, it sounds like you've had a kind of a little bit of a packed week. I, I know for myself, uh, this week I I haven't really played much of for games. I, I played a little bit of Destiny, and uh, I like logged into Red Dead Redemption online like one time this week. Other than that, uh, we had my mom's 60th birthday uh, this weekend, so I went up there on Friday morning and then came back Saturday afternoon so that was two days cool yeah so that was two days uh taken up for that i i did watch the beverly hills cop movies on monday because i had monday off because of the holiday so i watched all three movies right in a row (laughs) i just got them right out of the way just so they're fresh in my mind uh for tonight and whatnot uh other than that i've been watching some trailer park boys uh still i i'm about almost done with season 12 now and um other than that, watched I think a little bit of Parks and Rec, because um, the girlfriend got me into watching that, so I, I watched like an episode or two of that. I love that show so much. I see the thing is with that show is I didn't like it at first because when I first tried watching it was when it first came out, so the first season, first season isn't really that good, so I, I kind of gave up on it, and I never went back to it. But then she told, kept telling me about how good it was, and so we finally sat down to watch it, and she got me into it, and. We just started with season two, and I fucking love it. I mean, <laughs> I like it about as much as I like The Office now. So, Chris Pratt is my favorite on this show. He is so funny. <laughs> he is such a dumbass, and it's so good. I love it. Him so and much. Uh, was uh, Nick Offerman. Yeah, he's really funny too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god, it, it's so it, that that's been a blast getting to revisit that, and you know, finally get appreciation for it. Honestly. Because I, I, I'd never appreciated it before because I only went off of what I saw from the first season when I first tried to watch it. So i um, been totally loving that. Uh, other than that, I rewatched uh, Aliens 3, Alien vs. Predator. Tried watching uh, Alien vs. Predator Requiem, and like I had said last night on, on their show, as I fucking turned that shit off 20 minutes in because I just couldn't do it. So uh, beyond that, that's kind of all I've really been up to um other than uh really just kind of working uh spending time with the girlfriend and then just that little bit it's been kind of a a busy week especially with my mom's uh birthday and everything so and the traveling in between because i fucking hate driving but it's you know three to four hour drive up there each way and back so i fucking hate it i hate driving so much (laughs) <laughs> yeah same and the funny thing is is me and the girlfriend are actually planning on uh doing like a vacation road trip so we're talking about doing a road trip for a week and um that'll be interesting because yeah i fucking hate driving <laughs> so yeah we'll see how I, that goes i hate driving in the city because i live really close to a pretty big city yep i hate driving in the city and i don't know that that sounds like a nightmare to me. Dude. 
Because <laughs> I, I even more, I hate driving in places I'm not familiar because I right. get so frustrated. See, I get frustrated, but then I also get like really bad anxiety, especially in cities. Like I like I won't drive in downtown Minneapolis. Yes, whatsoever. dude, I get so anxious. Like when I'm on a, a freeway and I got the barrier wall to my left and a big ass mm-hmm. semi on my right, I get so fucking anxious. Yep. I'm like this dude could kill me in an instant. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I tell you what, like I, I'm, I, I, it's like fucking white knuckled when i when i'm driving in the city and like i i turn into a whole different person yeah like you see the absolute worst come out of me when i'm fucking driving especially in the city it's it's bad like i feel bad for anybody that ever rides with me if i have to drive downtown because it's not gonna be pretty whatsoever it sucks too because all the cool shit is downtown right exactly But I mean, the nice thing, especially around here, is that uh, we're getting because we've we've got the light rail and everything, and they're actually building the light rail to come out to the town I'm in. So like literally in like two years, I'll be able to just take the light rail and just ride that downtown and back. I won't have to ever drive downtown again. So yeah, I always wish I lived in like in London or something, you know, where everybody's taking a train to work. Yep, and you know, man, I can just let someone else take me to work, and I can just sit here on my phone or play my Nintendo or read a book or do a Sudoku or something, and then right. not have to worry about none of that. Oh, I tell you what, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> I really wish I didn't have to have a car, and I I could just just do public transportation. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be able to see my family if I if I didn't drive, uh, but. At the same time, you know, I just wish I didn't have to drive. I, I really don't, but that's it is what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so the light rail will be nice once they get that put in around here, just because then I won't have to ever drive downtown again, which is kind of the the thing I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> but um, funny that you mentioned the switch and everything, because I've been kind of going back and forth this week on because like a bunch of the people from the network have like Nintendo switches and they're talking about playing oh, games cool. together and stuff like doing Mario Kart and, and like animal crossing and stuff. It made me really miss my switch. So I've, I've been contemplating um, trading in my fucking Xbox one S that I haven't used in like a year and a half and uh, putting that towards another switch. Cause I never should have fucking sold that thing. Same dude. I was so upset when I had to sell mine. <laughs> It's so bad. I, I found... got the Switch Lite now, which is yeah. perfect for me because I never played in dock mode. I always played in handheld. So Very true. And it's 100 bucks cheaper. Yeah. Actually, that's not a bad idea because I, 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 I priced it out through GameStop, what I would get for my S. Because I had that limited edition Xbox One S uh, that had the two terabyte hard drive. Oh, nice. So I, I can get like 130 bucks for that. So I'm like... That would be good because then I can put that towards that. I I, I didn't even think about getting the light because um, I was just thinking about getting you know the regular one for the two ninety nine, but that's actually not a bad idea because if I do the trade in for that, get one hundred and thirty, then I'm spending under hundred bucks for a Nintendo Switch brand new. Then yeah, and when they just came out with that that Nintendo Direct, and I watched some of that, and that's what got me into wanting to play it again. Yeah. They just released a new Mario game, and I bought that, and that'll be here probably sometime this week. And then I bought, they had a limited edition uh, triple pack 
with it has Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and uh, Mario Galaxy. Okay. And, and I loved Mario 64. I never played the other one. Same, same. Uh, so I got that coming. And they're re-releasing uh, Zelda Skyward Sword. And people were talking about they're going to do an HD collection like they did with Mario for Zelda this year. Because it's the uh, 35th anniversary of Zelda this year. Right, right. So that'd be cool. That'd be great. I, I love me some Mario and Zelda. Oh, same. Like, fucking, when I was a kid, definitely when we had our regular Nintendo, it was all fucking Mario. And then, yeah. you know, the original Zelda and everything. And then when we got our 64, I, I played the shit out of some fucking Mario 64. I, I tell you what, between yeah, between that and Mario Kart... And- Jesus Mario Christ. 64, GoldenEye, yep. <laughs> Mario Kart. Dude, I, I love Nintendo. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely thinking about getting a, a Switch again. Plus, be able to play Among Us from the Switch, too, would, would be kind of nice. I don't have it's to always nice. use it's my... It's better than the phone. I still like the PC better, mm-hmm. but it's definitely better than the phone, and you can chill on the couch and play. It's really nice. Yeah. Because it'd be nice not to have to always turn on my fucking PC to play. I mean, I could play on my phone, but I just don't want to deal with that because I've heard of how hard it is to do the controls and stuff. Yeah, the controls are weird. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not about that. <laughs> I already use my phone enough, and it drains the battery enough, so I don't want to fucking <laughs> use it for more. Especially when we get to playing with like people from the network and stuff because then be nice to just be able to pull up my switch instead of having to get on my pc to play so yeah i didn't know they were all in the mario kart and things i'm at the well they're talking about maybe mario kart 9 comes out this year so if that i'll definitely get that i used to have eight when i had my switch before Mm -hmm. and it was it's it's insane how they can take this game and keep it the same and just as fun but still like expand on it and make it more yeah yeah, because how old is that game? Because I remember that. that's at least a few years old, isn't it? Uh, Mario Kart 8 came out on the Wii U, I'm pretty sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's that's old then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a while ago, because, yeah, the, the Switch has been out for, what, three or four years now? I think four, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you're talking at least four to five years old for that fucking game, so that that's great. It's amazing how popular <laughs> how popular games like that can stick around, and other ones well, that the are. The thing is, the so I was thinking about this to myself the other day. I have a Switch, and I have a bunch of different games, and some of them are ports from other consoles, and most of them are Nintendo owned games. Mm-hmm. And all my Nintendo owned games, my Zeldas, my Mario's, all of them. Not a single one of them ever gets a patch update because they're released complete. There's no yep. issues. They they don't release them early like these others. So they're getting a much better reputation because they're you're buying a game that's finished. Right. <laughs> exactly. Not these games that are being fucking rushed out and having to have a patch on day one and then patches. Right, Every and the, all, the argument I always hear against that is that it's not as complex as like a Skyrim game or a Halo or something. And my like, my argument against this is go play Zelda Breath of the Wild because it's one of the most complex games I've ever played. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed 100%. 
Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, actually, n- now talking to you about this a, a little bit, I, I think I am going to end up doing that, and I'm probably going to get the the light just because I, I never used the dock either when when I played. I mean, because yeah. honestly, as long as I can get a fucking SD card in there to to do like the downloadable games too, I'm fucking good to go. Because I, I won't ever use that fucking dock. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not like the light of the con. It still takes cartridges. It's not digital only, so you can still buy cartridges for it. Mm-hmm. And when I got it last year for my birthday, my girlfriend got me this little battery pack that clips around it that can give it extra battery. Oh, nice. And, yeah, and without it, you get about four-ish hours battery. So if you want to game all day, it's it's nice to have, but you don't need it. Okay. That's good to know. I'll have to look into that too then. Cuz yeah, I mean to to get away with only paying 70 bucks for a Nintendo Switch brand new, I think will be a good idea cuz then I can then I can spend some on on games too. <laughs> yeah. So I think that'll be the way to go for this. And I'll have a handheld console and Something to bring on trips and stuff like that, especially when I'm on a fucking airplane, like going to yeah, Texas. Yeah, it's definitely coming with me to go to Texas. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> guaranteed. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Um. So, kind of moving on from there. Uh, I, there's just a couple things for news I wanted to cover and kind of get your take on this. So, we've talked a little bit about the the new Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Um, that's supposed to be coming out. So, we actually got word that it is actually coming May 21st. To Netflix, and so um, I'm soon. I, it is very, very soon. I think they're trying to capitalize because you know the whole buzz in the Justice League, and everything. So I mean, it's another Zack Snyder movie. So why not get that out there? And we knew it was coming. It's just that we didn't have a date, and all of a sudden they dropped it, and it's you know like less than three months away. So I, I I've been pumped uh, for this. It'll be interesting to see what it's going to look like once we actually get a trailer. Because obviously we we know Zack Snyder did the Dawn of the Dead remake, um, and it's not necessarily like a sequel to that, but just to kind of because honestly the Dawn of the Dead remake is probably one of the best horror remakes out there, and you know the take that he did on it was was so well done. I think it'll be interesting to see what he is doing with this because I know we've talked about on the show like how he just kind of wanted something to just kind of go balls to the wall with. And that's why he ended up doing this. So I'm I'm very very interested to see what he's what he's done with this movie. Well, yeah, I mean, it's I'm definitely excited for more of that. And you know, I like the Dawn of the Dead. Um, he's definitely a great guy to pick for it. I think they could have you know copped out and got I don't know. I can't even think. There's somebody that wouldn't fit. You know, right. that does like other. Because he's from Justice League, is what you said, right? Yep. He did yeah, the Justice yeah, League. I, and all those I haven't watched any of that stuff. I'm not a big DC guy. Mm-hmm. But I do love the Dawn of the Dead remake, and I'm excited for it. And coming next month, hell yes. Well, May. So we got about three months, but it, it is coming up pretty quick. Oh, I thought you said March. Well, <laughs> that's why I said, man, that's soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, what I was saying was next month, uh, the Justice League. His version of the Justice League is coming out on HBO Max, and so this it seems like Netflix was trying to um, kind of ride that the thunder of that basically and get this release sooner because um, we didn't really have a release date for it up until this week, and so they're releasing it basically three months from now. So, 
Yeah, they're getting a lot of competition from HBO. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to have to step up their game. Yep, that's for sure. HBO is becoming my favorite streaming platform, which is crazy because yeah. I shunned it for so long. I'm like, I ain't paying for that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and, you know, because uh, I obviously get it just because of where I work and stuff. And, yeah, it's it's made me a believer in it. Like, if, if I wasn't getting it for nothing, I would definitely be paying for this service because yeah. I, I it's it's amazing because you get all the the hbo stuff on top of that you get like a bunch of dc stuff and all this other stuff that isn't necessarily just hbo and it's it's amazing because they, they, they've got so much content it's not even funny but then also you've got all the warner brothers stuff that's going to be released it's as, as far as i theaters. know it's the only streaming platform you can watch big bang theory on which is a big plus for me yep that and also South Park too, because they've got that contract for that as well. <laughs> Did you see that they're making a uh, vaccine a special? No, I didn't see that. <laughs> they're coming out with another special for the vaccine. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be good. South Park is always on point when it comes to those things. They're so funny. <laughs> it's great. That's awesome. I didn't know that, and that, that, and that gives me something to look forward to. Cause, I don't know when. I just scrolling and saw it somewhere. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's that's coming May for uh, Army of the Dead. So another thing I kind of wanted to touch on is uh, they've been doing a lot of Toy Fair stuff announcements and whatnot. And Mezco, who makes uh, a lot of different, like, collectibles and whatnot, one of their lines that's probably my favorite is the 112 collective figures, which are typically they're they're a lot like the NECA figures, but they use like real like fabric for clothing instead of just molded plastic. Uh huh. And so they're a little bit spendier too, and they're just high quality. Um, they they announced that they're coming out with a Halloween two Michael Myers figure. Um, so based off of obviously the 1981 movie. And it's got a few different heads and obviously some different hands and weapons and stuff like that from the movie. It looks amazing from the kind of the promotional shots that they have for it. And then on top of that, they're also releasing a crow figure too, which looks fucking amazing. It looks so cool. It's got the trench coat and everything. It's fucking awesome. Does that, uh, the h2 michael have like an accessory where he looks like he's on fire god that would be fucking amazing dude that would be so cool oh my god i would kill for something like that that'd be fucking awesome i wish but yeah so they've got those and then they've got a few different like leather face or they've got a leather face like kind of like bobblehead looking figure too that they're releasing um, so they've, they've got some pretty cool stuff that's coming out, which uh, is something to look forward to. Um, no real like release date on that yet. Uh, just because they were just kind of showing them off at the, at the toy fair. So, um, it'll be interesting to see if anything else comes up. Uh, cause I know that NECA is supposed to be, uh, you know, releasing the Friday seven Jason at some point, And we haven't really heard much about when that's going to be released. Cause it got pushed back. But it'll be interesting to see if they've got anything else up their sleeves that are, that's going to be coming from you know the horror genre and whatnot because they usually do, seeing as that's kind of a large part of their their market. 
Yeah, especially their their Jasons and Freddies and things like that. Mm-hmm. I got a, a Ash versus Evil Dead one from them for Christmas. Okay, and it, it looks amazing. It's got I, I you probably know the one I'm talking about. It's got like that holographic kind of cover on the front of it. Yep. Yeah, I, I got that thing is awesome. Yeah, I fucking love their figures. I have way too many of their figures. Like, I, I really can't buy anymore. Like, for instance, like, uh, Shout Factory just did a, a, a sale recently where they had a bunch of stuff, like, up to 50% off. I was going to rebuy Slumber Party Massacre from them as well as uh, uh, My Bloody Valentine just to get the figures because they came with the figures and they had them for, like, 30 bucks for the movie and the figure. Huh. I, <laughs> I almost fucking got it, but I'm like, no, don't do it because you don't need any more figures right now. It's the Driller Killer from Slumber Party Massacre? Yeah, yeah. I fucking want that, dude. (laughs) Yeah, Shout Factory's got it because it comes with the the Steelbook Blu-ray of it, and then it comes with the figure. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. They did that with the damn Silent Night, Daily Night like three years ago or something like that, and I wanted it so Mm -hmm. fucking bad for that Billy figure. Yep, and then they did Ricky for part two. Yeah, I didn't I didn't do it, but I probably should have because I bought the movie later on and it was only like, I think it was only like $15 cheaper for just the movie. Yeah, yeah it's probably close to that because I remember, I think I remember it was like 60 bucks or something like that for the one with the figure. So yeah, it wasn't much higher. Yeah. So it would have been worth getting for it, but... I didn't go for it, and I kind of feel like I I should have, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't have the fucking shelf space right right now. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> but it is what it is. So that that's kind of interesting to see, you know, them kind of get some more announcements up for, for collectibles like that. And uh, the last thing I, I really had for, uh, well, yeah, the last thing I really had for news is uh, Shudder. Ordered up a third season of Creep Show, um, and obviously season two is yet to come, but that's coming in April. So they've already greenlit a, a third season for that. Uh, and yeah, Creep Show was great for that first season. A lot of it was definitely very different uh, for each episode, and I, I like what they did with it. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do with season two, and then what they're going to end up doing for season three. Yeah, I saw that too. I was wondering if you were going to mention that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of all I had. All I really had for um, kind of news for this week. Uh, oh, there there was one more thing actually. Uh, Tim Burton, because we talked about the, uh, Tim Burton doing a new Adams Family series, and yeah, it, we got word that the Netflix series is going to be based on uh, Wednesday Adams, so he's going to be directing the episodes and it's going to be focused on, on Wednesday. So that it's interesting. I, I would have preferred just to like a full on, just full Adams family. And I'm sure the characters are going to be in there, but it, it's different. Um, it's, it's fucking Johnny Depp as Gomez. I, I'm so fucking pissed about that. Mm-hmm. I, why does Tim Burton always Johnny Depp's fine is whatever you like him. That's fine. I I don't like him for Gomez. I don't see why Tim Burton can't do something without him. I don't. I don't know. That's just me. Sure. Maybe I'm just a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> Quit being a stick in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
You know, I really liked Rami Malek for that role. I thought he he could pull that off really well. Yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see that. He's he's definitely got some fucking range, that's for sure. He, yeah, he he's got the he looks like kind of like uh I I can't remember the guy from the the 90s reboot or the 90s movie, not a reboot, but the actor, can't remember his name, he played Gomez. He looks like him. Oh, he looks like a young Raul Julia. Yeah, he looks like him, I think. Yeah, I could I can see that kind of resemblance in a way, yeah. He definitely looks like a young thin <laughs> Raul Julia without the without the uh mustache for sure. Yeah, that could be interesting. That'd be an interesting choice for that. But yeah, so uh we don't really have much information on, on that as of yet. Uh, I'm sure because that's pretty big news. I mean, for him to be doing a show for Netflix like that and directing the episodes, I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear more shortly regarding that, especially cast and whatnot. But be on the lookout for that. So are you ready to talk about some Beverly Hills Cop? Well, I did have a couple things I wanted to talk to you about real quick. Sure. Um, I wanted to see what you thought about that Mortal Kombat trailer. Oh my god, I fucking loved it. It was fucking dope, dude. And um I I wasn't super crazy about Scorpion in it, but mm-hmm. fucking Sub-Zero was brutal, dude. Oh my god, how he fucking just destroys Jax's fucking arms in that trailer. Right, and then fucking he catches awesome. the blood in the air and turns it into a dagger. That was fucking sick. So cool. I'm super pumped for that fucking movie. I'm I'm telling you what. I'm so pumped for that movie now. It 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 was weird at first. I wasn't really digging it because they had some random guy that I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, are they trying to make him Liu Kang? Because they're like, oh, that's not a birthmark. That's an invitation to Mortal Kombat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... And then you ended up getting to see, you know, Kung Lao, and you see, I think Goro was in it for a little bit, yep. and Sonya Blade, and Jax, and all the classics. Uh, I don't remember, we saw Johnny Cage in the trailer. He was one of my favorite characters from the movies. I don't think he's in it. I don't believe, but I, I could be wrong. That was like That's like the running, I think, is the running Mortal Kombat joke is... Johnny Cage always dies. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and I was reading an article or yeah, on I don't remember what it was some uh, some uh journalist has an article on some website that's big on trying to do the hashtag cancel and they were talking about this movie saying it was some kind of uh I don't know like unprogressive the way that they left chun Li out of the movie and i just thought that was so fucking funny <laughs> they're saying where's chun Li? you're you leaving out the strongest female character in the movie it's like, <laughs> i didn't see that <laughs> I, yeah they, they were getting bashed in the comments it was so funny yeah um but hey real talk i'm down for that crossover that would be sick yeah um Another thing real quick, Diablo 2 is getting a remaster. I didn't call- see that. They're calling it Diablo 2 Resurrected. It was just announced last week at oh, the okay. BizCon. Um, I'm pretty pumped for it. I love Diablo, and I think if if I can get on to it when it's fresh, it'll have a high player base, so I'm probably going to buy it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's rumors that Castlevania, Silent Hill, and Metal Gear Solid are all being looked at for remakes, which Castlevania and Silent Hill I'm down for. Metal Gear Solid without Hideo Kojima, I say no thank you. Right. I agree. And, <laughs> it's because the last game was about zombies, and it was just, so, I didn't even play it. It got such bad reviews. I, Metal Gear Survive, I think it was called. Oh, yeah. The, the, you only heard about that game for like a few weeks, and then after that, there was just silence. Yeah. And then Hideo Kojima went off to do Death Stranding, and that game looked so weird. I wasn't even interested. <laughs> <laughs> um,. And the last thing I got was that there's a apparently a Edgar Wright is writing a readaptation of The Running Man, and I was wondering what you thought about that. So, you know, honestly, I did see something about that, and um, I think if anybody could probably do it justice, I think Edgar Wright is one of those people. I'm pretty excited for it, Cause, honestly. Because he's honestly one of the best filmmakers of this generation. Uh, I've I've loved everything he's fucking done. Um, I mean, he's he's such a great storyteller, and you know, he he when he when he goes after something, he really has a fucking vision for it. And like, I, I've I've I literally have loved every fucking movie he's brought out. So I, I think he could really do something special with it. And Running Man is great material anyways, and I I think he could really do something really, really cool with it. So I, I'm totally all for it. Yeah, I thought it'd be cool if he took Arnold and put him in it as a bad guy. I thought that would be really cool. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> but, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's all I had. Okay. I really just wanted to talk about Mortal Kombat, to be honest, because that trailer looks so fucking badass. I've watched it about 10 or 12 times. <laughs> I think I've watched it twice. <laughs> just because I, it's the Red Band trailer, so I just kept watching it because I just wanted to see all those deaths <laughs> all over yeah. again. It looks to be, it's going to be fucking brutal, and that's what, I, that's what I can't wait for, just because they need to show the fatalities in it. It's got to have fatalities. Yeah. Like, I want to see a fucking spine be ripped out. Oh, yeah. And that guy, I they didn't say his name, but I thought he was Shang Tsung, and he looked pretty, he looked pretty fucking badass, too. Mm-hmm. That's going to be good. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. All right. Anyways, let's go ahead and let's talk about some comedies here. All right, we're going to start off with the original Beverly's, Beverly Hills Cop. It was released on December 5th, 1984, directed by Martin Brest. Cast, we have Eddie Murphy, Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Ronnie Cox, and Stephen uh, Burkoff, who we talked about in uh, our Rambo franchise recap from back in December. Uh, this had a budget of $14 million in gross, $316 million. So this made a fuck ton of money. Off of that small budget. And then uh, just some trivia for this. Uh, Axel Foley's t-shirt is from Mumford, a real-life Detroit area uh, area school. One of the filmmakers attended. When the film came out, the school actually got orders for the shirts from customers all over the world. Could you imagine being, working for the school and just having all these fucking people from around the world calling your school to fucking order these shirts because of the popularity of this fucking movie? I, Hell yeah, dude. I'd sell them like hotcakes. No kidding. But I, I couldn't even imagine the kind of uh, just 
massive amounts of phone calls they probably fucking got for this this shirt. Well, Eddie Murphy was hot at this time. Oh yeah, that's why this movie sold so well. He was so fucking popular. Yeah, like this was the first of seven Eddie Murphy movies in a row that opened number one at the box office. So, like this was after Raw, wasn't it? I yes, because Raw yeah. was in nineteen eighty four as well. So yeah, this has got to be after it. Yeah, because it came out in December. So yeah, this was definitely after Raw. So I mean, yeah, his popularity was fucking just through the roof at this point. Uh, the final piece of trivia I really had was Gilbert R. Hill uh, was a real-life police department homicide detective, and he played Inspector Todd. And so he, um, that, I, I thought that was interesting. I didn't even really know that because um, I haven't really looked into trivia for this movie up in, up until we were going to do this. I didn't know that he was actually a real-life detective and that he, was, he wasn't just some actor playing a, de- a detective. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, when they have, like, experienced people on set it really because like we were talking about predator last night and with uh just having like a navy seal on set you mm-hmm. know it, it translates to like when when you got these people writing a cop drama that nobody knows what cops are like you're going to notice when you watch the movie right <laughs> that is for sure so this is by far and i out of like all of this month and whatnot, and all the 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 comedy movies that we've talked about, this is by far my favorite comedy movie. Same, probably of oh. all time, honestly. Like this movie, I I don't think there's one thing I could say bad about this movie. I I don't think there's anything wrong with this movie. I think this is like honestly the perfect comedy movie, and. Honestly, it, it really plays to Eddie Murphy's strengths in this. I mean, he is a fucking genius. Uh, oh, and... he is an improv master. Mm-hmm. He is so fucking good. Axel Foley is one of the most entertaining bullshit artists I've ever seen on a movie. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think I was reading somewhere also, and this kind of goes along with trivia, is that like uh, between him, Judge Reinhold, and uh, John Ashton, like a lot of their dialogue and stuff was improv and yeah. it, it, like a lot of times they would be like pinching themselves to try to make themselves not laugh just because they were trying not to break character and fucking ruin the take just because of how much improv that they were doing. And like there, a lot of times the takes would be ruined by people on the fucking crew busting out laughing <laughs> while the cast is sitting there trying to make themselves not laugh. I, I, I think that's just great. And that just really shows like how, well, not only Eddie Murphy is, but how they work together really well, you know, on this, on this movie. And like those three characters, especially you can just see the chemistry on screen between the, the three, those three characters. And, you know, obviously the actors playing them just because it, it, it like the one thing that really works with this in the second movie is just that chemistry. Cause like when we get to the third movie and we'll talk more about it at that point, it doesn't have that same chemistry because not all those characters are there and it just feels different, right. you know? But I, I like how you see true character development throughout the movies. Cause at first, you know, you got Taggart who fucking hates Foley. <laughs> yep. He absolutely can't stand Foley. And you got Billy. He's just this young green behind the ears kid that don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Super polite. And Foley's just fucking with them. That banana in the tailpipe was so fucking clever. Yes. It's so funny. <laughs> 
shrimp salad sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is great. And he's just eating it. And he's like, get rid of that stuff. That's <laughs> so good. Just everything. Cause, and then, like, uh, just with Foley just being almost like manipulating people. Especially in these first two movies, like he's just like the master manipulator. And well, just... well, yeah, like when he's selling the cigarettes on the yes. back of the truck. Yes. <laughs> Between that and then, like with the second movie with the construction crew, uh-huh. and the fucking leave so he could just stay at the house. <laughs> this is the wrong plans. <laughs> they wanted a roundhouse. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> we'll talk about that soon, but yeah. So he's like the perfect master manipulator, and just just the way his way with words and stuff. And he's just like, really just, he, he's honestly kind of like that wisecracking young detective. That's really almost in a way, doesn't really give a fuck. But at the same time, obviously he wants to solve, you know, the mystery about why his buddy was murdered. Right. And that's the whole premise of what this, why he's there and why he's going through all these back doors because it's super personal to yep. him. And I love that that premise of what gets him out to Beverly Hills is his buddy comes back from working a security job in Beverly Hills, and mm-hmm. they used to be tramps running around Detroit stealing cars and getting drunk and doing stuff. Yep. And then he just gets whacked by that guy. I mean, he's I can't remember his name. He plays Mike Jonathan Banks. <laughs> yeah. When he throws him over the cart and he gets all that food all over his face, that is such a feel-good moment. <laughs> yes. It's like, fuck yeah, you greasy motherfucker, take that. <laughs> so good. So fucking good. Oh, my God. And then back in Detroit, you have Paul Reiser as <laughs> Eddie Murphy's kind of like little sidekick. Yeah. And he's just hilarious in this in, in the second movie. I, I, I really wish they would have continued his character into the third movie as well um but that's kind of an, uh, another thing of why three is just isn't a very good movie but I, I, the, just kind of the dialogue um between them two is is great too between eddie and inspector todd uh the, that's always great as well i mean there's just so much good going on in this movie and then all the characters like i i really feel like all the characters got fleshed out how they should have right exactly like it was well written it was very smart writing like i said Mm -hmm. that i i don't know i thought just something simple like that banana in the tailpipe i thought that was incredibly and it was it was clever writing yep um for me the best part about all these movies is the score the music in this is so fucking good i think both from the the actual score of the movie by uh, what was the name? Harold Faltmeyer. Uh, he, he did a wonderful job with the score in this. And then also just even the soundtrack. I mean, you've got the heat is on in the beginning. That kind of gets you started. gets you pumped up for the movie. Uh-huh. I mean, you've got the neutron dance, which is great when the, when they're fucking chasing the semi full of cigarettes, that's great. Like and then that car chase, dude, mm-hmm. barreling down, knocking all those cars. Yep. Oh, so fucking epic. I love car chase scenes. Same. Very, (laughs) very much so. Yeah, definitely the music in this is fucking amazing. And it it, And that that the 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 jingle to the movies, man, 
I've I've probably hummed that thing a thousand times in my life. That was like when I when I when I first learned how to play the the keyboards and stuff. That was the first thing I <laughs> learned how to play was the fucking Beverly Hills Cop theme song. I just me, fucking me, love me, it. me 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 <laughs> exactly. I fucking love it. Like a, every time I hear it now, I think of Peter Griffin doing it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, that's good. Um. Also, uh, with this movie, you got to talk about Serge. Serge is fucking hilarious in this. And, you know, in the art gallery and stuff like that. And oh yeah, <laughs> I I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, ah, oh, it's very sexy. You like it. <laughs> <laughs> Bronson Pitchot is so fucking hilarious. I'm, I'm like, I'm really glad that they brought him back for part three. Cause like he was definitely missing in part two. And I, I guess from what I was reading earlier too, is that he was actually supposed to be in part two, but they didn't ever end up using his character. So um, he, he wasn't, but that would have been great if he would have been in part two as well. Um, Cause he's such a great like comedy character, uh, like kind of a side character and whatnot. It's it's just it's almost criminal that he wasn't in part two, so that was great that they brought him back for part three. But yeah, the, he he was kind of a standout for me for for part one as well. Um, obviously, Victor Maitland was like the perfect villain for this movie, kind of this greasy German like crime lord basically, and. You know, Stephen uh, Burkhoff, he, he always does really, really good, like, villains. And, you know, that was obviously evident when he was in Rambo. I think it was Rambo 2, if I remember, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah, I think I that's think what it was. So. Um, there was something about the 80s, and we've said this a million times, but there's something about the 80s where they were just obsessed with foreign villains. Mm-hmm. That is and very it, true. it fits so well to this with the... The art dealings and all this uh, under hush hush uh, underground stuff—it works so well. And like you said, he is such a great villain. Yeah. And yes, that was, it was First Blood Part Two. Yeah. Okay. Which was actually a year after this. <laughs> so. But well, yeah, like, just like I want to say, just like the art gallery guy, I really wanted to mention real quick the guy that was serving at the hotel that gave Foley the bananas, he cracked me up. Oh, Damon Wayans? That was fucking <laughs> Here, hilarious. You, you take those bananas. <laughs> like, he's, like he's doing something naughty. He's looking around. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You can tell he's like, this this cute guy wants some bananas. I'm going to give him some bananas. <laughs> <laughs> he just had that look like he was like, mm-hmm, you take them bananas. <laughs> God, it's so good. The and the and the other character, uh, obviously that we we got to talk about is Ronnie Cox as uh, Lieutenant Bogomil. He was oh, like, he's so fucking good. He's so perfect for that role, and I mean, he's he usually plays those kind of more uh, authority type figures and whatnot, and such a great casting decision with that as well. I mean, honestly, this this movie was perfectly cast for for every fucking character in this movie. I don't think I would have done anything different. Like, no. like, like I said in the beginning, I, I think this is the perfect fucking movie. I wouldn't change anything with this fucking movie. 
it's it's up there as one of my favorite comedy movies of all time mm-hmm. and i could probably i put a lot of eddie murphy's movies into that category yeah i really i really enjoy eddie murphy um if we ever do another 80s comedy uh theme i would love to do coming to america that's another one of my favorites of all time oh definitely <laughs> uh, yeah man i can't like you i can't think of anything negative to say about this movie Mm-mm. i mean even that ending like uh climactic scene at the fucking mansion with the shootout and everything that was fucking perfect too i couldn't help but think that that was the same location they shot commando you know, honestly, that thought crossed my mind at some point, too. I was like, it looked exactly the same. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. I I really wouldn't doubt it if it was the same place that Commando was shot, honestly. It, 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 I mean, it would make sense, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's really anything else really to say about it, because it's fucking just amazing. Yeah, I could say the, the next one too, number two. Mm-hmm. I really don't have a whole lot to complain about with it. Yeah, three. I don't hate three, but it is not nearly as good. And we'll get there. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's a good place to kind of stop with 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 part one. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's honestly just like the perfect comedy movie. Uh, nothing really bad you can really say about it. It's it's got the best characters and the best actors in those roles, and the chemistry is there for everybody. It's just so well done. And then getting to see, like, uh, oh, the one thing I will say uh, is towards the end we start to, because we know Billy's green and kind of newer, but then we see him <laughs> with the fucking gunplay and everything. Yeah. It's just a fucking badass underneath all that, which I <laughs> fucking well, love. You get more of that, and you see a lot more of that in the next movie. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and segue into that. Let's talk about Beverly Hills Cop 2. So this was released just a few years later on May 20th, 1987. Uh, this one was directed by Tony Scott. So obviously Tony Scott, very well known, did Top Gun. And that's actually why he got this, why he got this job was because of Top Gun. Um, coming back, we had Eddie Murphy, Judge, Judge Reinhold, John Ashton, Ronnie Cox. And uh, we also have in this Bridget Nielsen. Um, this one had a budget of $28 million and grossed almost $300 million. Uh, so it didn't quite make as much money, but it still made a fuck ton of money. You That's know? still a lot of fucking money. Yeah, dude. exactly. Um, according to the DVD do- documentary, Paramount originally wanted to produce a TV series for Beverly Hills Cop after the success of the first film, but Eddie Murphy didn't want to go back to television, so they made the sequel instead, which I thought was really interesting because um, I, I, I didn't know that they wanted to do that. I knew that, like, what was it, like 10 years ago, they were talking about making a, a, a Beverly Hills Cop TV series um, to kind of introduce a new character, but and it was supposed to be like Axel's son or something like that. But I, I never knew about the one from the 80s, which I thought was really interesting. Um, now, uh, the other uh, the other piece of in, uh, trivia, rather, that I had was uh, Tony Scott and Bridget Nielsen actually had an affair during filming of this. Which, I mean, she's a fucking tall blonde, incredibly gorgeous. I mean, yeah, you can't really blame them. <laughs> and then um, producers uh, Don Simpson and Jerry Ruckheimer hired, like I said, hired Tony Scott because of Top Gun, so um, he was definitely a good choice for this to kind of continue this story. And I mean, he's 
he knows action movies and this is like a great action comedy. Um, and yeah, like, like we were saying, it's, it's, there, there isn't really much bad to say about this one either. It's basically just a continuation of part one. And the only thing that I would say that I wish we had more of was more of Bogomil. Cause obviously he gets shot. And so you don't really see much of him in the movie. That'd yeah. be the only thing I wish we had more of was more of Bogomil. But because he's laid up after being almost killed, we don't really get much of him in this movie. But that's really kind of the only thing. I liked the. Uh, I like that Dean Stockwell was in it as a bad guy, and I wish he would have mm-hmm. lived longer, so you get more of him. Yeah. Um, I was a hu- huge uh, fan of Quantum Leap growing yep, up. Yep, same. I, I do. I would. I used to have a. I don't know. It was like maybe like a Simon Says thing. It was like a square that had a bunch of colored buttons on it mm-hmm. and i'd put like a slim jim in my mouth and pretend like i was talking to ziggy <laughs> that's great um first off from the very beginning of this movie axel foley looks damn good in a suit in a ferrari yes he does <laughs> I, I I like with that beginning whole kind of sequence where with the credit card stuff, yeah. Where he he meets up uh, with the dude, and then we find out that his cousin is the guy from the first movie <laughs> with the truck of cigarettes, and he recognizes him. Down. This guy's a cop. He ain't my cop. He's my nephew. <laughs> <laughs> if you ain't a cop, why can't I pat you down? <laughs> right. Oh God, it's so good. He's just so quick-witted. That's why Eddie Murphy's just, like, the best. Because he's so quick-witted, and it's and that character is so quick-witted. It's it just so perfect. That scene just plays out so perfectly. And then like you, when he was pretending to be a psychic? At the... <laughs> yes! <laughs> that just came out of nowhere, and they just they ate it up. Like, what? <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, the the other the other piece of trivia I didn't really write down for uh, one and uh, two and actually for part three as well it kind of plays with all three. Um, the first two they they go to the strip joint, but part three is the only one that doesn't have that. Obviously, because I think that that wasn't. I think part three was like PG thirteen. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know. I don't remember. Anyways, but yeah, so like they. <laughs> They they had the running joke of the uh, of Axel bringing the cops to the strip joint in the first two movies, but they didn't do that in the third movie, which was another kind of knock on part three, just because it's like those those scenes were always so funny and just so great. The third movie's rated R. Oh, is it? Yeah. Ah. Well, yeah. The third way, movie is missing a lot. It's... It really is. You can definitely, and like we we will get there, but you can definitely tell that the the franchise was dying. Yep, definitely. Um, so part two, we had the you know the whole construction scene where where he gets the construction people to basically leave for a week so he can take over that house, and that was hilarious. Talking about how the the owners wanted the house to be round, not square. <laughs> and so they said that the plans were updated and that you know they were doing it wrong. That that was hilarious um and 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 great like always (laughs) taggart said if he if he's here he's robbing the place (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, God, and he's sitting in the fucking pool and telling them to get their swimming trunks on and get in the pool. Yeah, look at them titties on the TV. (laughs) (laughs) I I love the the grunt cop work that he goes through in this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. he... He recognizes what the uh, the shell casings are, so he goes to look for like gun nuts to see if anybody knows, and that leads him to his first big lead. Yep, just all the things like that. And when he's pretending, he takes Billy's vitamins, <laughs> and he pretends it's some kind of explosive. He splashes water on his face like he's sweating, nervous. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's just so fucking clever, man. It's such clever writing. It's just, oh, man, I could never think of, I couldn't come up with a movie like that so well, I don't think. No. The other thing with this movie, too, is we find out how much of a kind of a sociopath Billy is. Yes, he <laughs> is a gun nut. Oh, my God. He pulls out the switchblade. He's like, home protection. Like, you're not at home, Billy. <laughs> His fucking apartment's just covered in plants, and then his bedroom is just like a wall of fucking guns. It's just fucking great. And then in his trunk and stuff, he's got all those fucking guns, too. I mean, he's just, like, armed to the fucking teeth. Yeah, when they come across the crates of weapons at the end, Taggart hands them an RPG's. Here, Billy, you don't have that one. And he was, like, joking, and Billy's like, oh, this is great, I'm gonna take this. Taggart and Billy are just so fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're so yin and yang, complete opposites of each other. And yet they work so well together. <laughs> I love when uh, Foley showed him how to break in through, uh, like, a an alarm sensor. Yeah. And he tries it. And it's, like, at, at a point where you want it to work so good, so, so bad, so you can be proud of him for, you know, paying attention and learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It it works out, but it doesn't stop the alarm like he wanted. Yeah. And just a part of me is, man, I really wanted that to work for you, man. Right? <laughs> Poor Billy. <laughs> Tried so hard. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, part two is almost, honestly, almost as good as part one. It, I mean, the writing's there. The characters, again, are there. Like, you love the characters that you're supposed to love. You hate the characters you're supposed to hate. Like, that scumbag fucking dude that's running the fucking police and everything. You're just like, yeah. you want yeah, to Yeah, they, cra- they cracked the code, and he's like, my own computer team cracked this code. And like, no, it didn't, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the credit for everything. I love, just like the first one, I love his motivations. Yep. Like, he hasn't been to Beverly Hills in two years. He finds out something bad happens to the captain, and he he remembers, you know, this guy had my back. He saved my job. Yep. I, I have to go down there and help him. And he's super disappointed to find out that Billy and Tagger are not. And I would be, too. Like, are you kidding me, guys? Fuck mm-hmm. your job. This guy, he's like, where's the, the, the brotherly love? Where's the loyalty? Yep. Such a good movie. It's 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 like I was saying. It's it's almost as good as the first one. Um, it's it's right up there though. It, it's a great continuation, if if nothing else. And it's it it just plays together so well. Uh, 
you know, watching the first one and then the second one just because the evolution of the characters is fucking phenomenal in this too because they start out obviously with the first one. Um, you know, Taggart and Billy are just kind of, like, Billy just kind of really annoys Taggart and then Taggart obviously hates Axel like you had talked about. But by this, they're they're like all like friends and close friends, and yeah, you know, it's 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 nice to see that kind of evolution. It's, of that yeah, it's real good character development. Something you really don't see in a whole lot of movies anymore, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I I don't think I have really much else that I can really say about this because I I really don't have anything negative to really say other than the the whole Bogomil situation where he's hardly in the movie, but. That's even kind of minor too, because it it plays the story because he's fucking injured and almost dying, right? And and your love for that character is what drives the movie because you want to find out, you want the guy that put him in the hospital to be ca- captured. You yep. want, you know, I don't know. As for me, it it made it just as strong, even though he wasn't there. It was like it was there to help him exactly, and then. The last two things I'll, I'll talk about regarding this movie is, uh, number one, uh, the Playboy Mansion. We have fucking Chris Rock being a fucking ballet <laughs> in his first fucking movie role. I thought that was great. Because I, I never realized it was Chris Rock up actually up until this viewing because I never really paid much attention to it. And so um, that's great that he was in it. And then obviously you had, you know, Hugh Hefner in it. And <laughs> that that whole scene was great too. Yeah. <laughs> And then your dick's supposed to be hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Axel, of course, always having those great one-liners. It's it's fucking hilarious. And then the other thing is, like, throughout the movie, obviously Billy is kind of the pushover when it comes to this new captain or whatever. And, you know, just basically being told all the time to shut up and to not talk. And for him to fucking stand up for himself at the fucking end is like, yes, you tell that motherfucker what you think. Well, yeah, because at the end of the first movie, it was Taggart that did that. Because mm-hmm. he stood up and he said, it happened exactly the way the lieutenant told you. Yep. Where throughout the rest of the movie, he was like, you know, I got to be honest. I got to tell the truth. I got to be, you know, in- integral. And at the end, he was the guy that stood up for himself and his friends. And then in the second movie, it was Billy's turn. Yep. And when Billy finally did that, it was like, fuck yes. It's about yes. time. You stood up for yourself, man. Great way. And it was a great way to end it, too. I mean, it was a great way to end that that movie. Um, it wasn't as good as him standing up for himself against the customer in Fast Times. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mister, if you don't watch your language, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. <laughs> That's so good. I love that fucking movie so much. Same. Fast Times is so good. Um, any final thoughts regarding uh, part part two here? It's it's almost as perfect as part one. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Well, let's get to this. Um, let's talk about Beverly Hills Cop 3. So this was released May 25th, 1994. Uh, this was directed by John Landis. Uh, Eddie Murphy's back. Judge Ryan holds back. Um, Bronson Pinchot is back as Serge. Uh, then you have John Saxon in this as well, which I... Always loved that he was in this. Um, this one had a budget of $50 million. This one only grossed about $119 million. So there's 
a huge difference in the amount of money that was made here. And this is the almost double the the production budget of of the second movie. <laughs> so this one did not make almost hardly any money <laughs> if if you factor in any kind of marketing budget, you know, on top of that. So Yeah, that's as far as a big box office movie, it's it's about as close to a dud as you can get without going yep. negative. Exactly. So uh, the trivia for this, as Axel jumps into the spider ride at Wonderworld, the man he jumps in front of was George Lucas, which is very obvious if you've seen the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then the theme park in the movie is uh, Paramount's Great America in Santa Clara, California. So that's kind of what I had for trivia on this. Um. You know, John Landis, he he he's done a lot of great movies. He's also had some duds too. Um, this would fall more in towards the dud side of things for me. And honestly, a lot of it has to do with the characters you don't have anymore. Because you right. don't have that dynamic anymore, because Taggart's retired, so he's not in the fucking movie. Bogomil's not there, so you don't have that either. So you basically got Billy and Axel. And Axel in this one, um, and the way that, from what I had seen, that Eddie Murphy wanted to do was play it more straight because he wanted Axel to be more mature. So that kind of the goofiness was missing from from the Axel Foley character that was in the first two movies that made you love it. And it just felt like a very weird movie. It, it felt like it was a Beverly Hills Cop movie without a soul, honestly. It's kind well, of what yeah, it felt like. like all the things we talked about up until this point are different. Like his motivation to go out there was different. Yep. If I remember correctly, it's been a long time. His uh, his boss dies, right? Yep. His boss yeah. is killed uh by uh the guy that's basically running security at at this Parker or something like that, uh, if I uh-huh. remember rightly. So he's basically tracking him down. Um, so Inspector Todd dies uh, by the hands of this guy, and he's trying to chase him down and, and all that and leads him basically back to California, back to Beverly Hills. So, And then Taggart's not there, and yep. so many people just aren't there. I did – I don't know. I was pretty young when I watched this the first time, and I did enjoy the idea of him running around this theme park. I thought that was kind of wacky, yep. but the uh, – like you said, the humor, like the wackiness of Foley was dumbed way down. It wasn't completely gone, but it yeah. might as well have been. Right. Agreed. Like, and it, this movie definitely has some, like, moments. It definitely has its moments. I mean, like, the spider ride scene, that one's a pretty good scene, especially for action-wise. Yeah. With him climbing across the fucking cars, trying to get to the kids to save them. Um, And, you know... I don't know. It's it's got some moments, but at the same time, like I like I was saying, it it doesn't really have that soul anymore. That, I still like Billy in this. Yeah, Billy's still great, but it, even with that, it's he's kind it's of not. Like, it's he's he's the old cop now. Exactly. I don't. I don't really. He still looks like young Billy. <laughs> he, he does. So, I mean, yeah, you, you definitely still have Billy there, and you've got this new discount Taggart, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it, that's kind of the best way I can describe him is it, it's, like, kind of supposed to be, like, the replacement for Taggart, but he's just not the same. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's just, it's kind of a mess of a movie, honestly. And I, I don't hate the movie. I, I really don't. 
it's just that it's it's sad, especially when you're watch because I I watch these literally one through three right in a row, and if when you're doing that, when you're coming off the high of the first two, which are just so great, and going into this, it's almost like a letdown. It's like why in the fuck did I decide to watch this? You know, if I would have yeah. watched it with some time in between, I, I probably would have been okay with it. But watching it right in a row, it's just kind of like God, this is such a a sad movie to watch because it's just not the same. It's trying to be like Beverly Hills cop, but it's just, it's just not the same. Yeah. I was just out of curiosity. I just looked it up. It's only got a 9% on rotten tomatoes, which is pretty low. Yeah. Um, compared to the first movie that had 83%, which is really high. Yeah. And yeah. The, the other thing that was like, a uh, like, a um, what was I trying to say? Like a, a, a perk for the movie or like something good about the movie was, you know, having Serge back and having him being like an arms dealer. Yeah. I thought that was great. And instead of him selling art, now he's selling weapons basically, which I thought was hilarious. And he's got that God awful looking fucking weapon that fully ends up using at the end, which that was hilarious. You know, where it's got a radio, it's got a fucking microwave, it's got a fucking gun. I mean, it's got everything. And that was funny, and, you know, that that made me laugh, and that did its job. Is it enough to save the movie? No, of course not. But, I mean, it, 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 it at least had some moments where it was well, kind of it, wacky. It was a different kind of wacky than Beverly Hills Cop right. usually is. Like, it's not usually wacky like that. Mm-hmm. It's not usually like slapstick wacky or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, Serge, is, he's funny, man. It's, I thought I like I just just watched the first one today and he's just he cracking me up so fucking much. Yeah. So good. But I mean, you've got like three or four different like bad guys in this movie. I mean, you've got which John isn't, which isn't new to action movies. No, it's it's not. Like here here's my one of my biggest gripes with the movie is that FBI agent who ends up turning out to be a bad guy at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's just okay, kind of yeah, like a wasted, that. a wasted opportunity. Cause it, 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 he's, he's almost like an afterthought through most of the movie. Like he's there in the beginning and kind of sprinkled throughout. But then all of a sudden he's like this guy that's going to kill Axel at the very end of the movie. It just like, just comes out of nowhere. That just felt like very odd to me. And like, there's no buildup to that whatsoever. It's like, they just felt like they needed to throw a twist in there just to have a twist. And it just felt out of place. Yeah. But, um, one thing I will say is that that ending fight fight scene throughout the, the park, I thought was great. Yeah. That was really cool. Like a lot of the action scenes in this movie are pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's just, it doesn't have that clever writing that let the other two had. Mm-hmm. Very true. Then you've got that whole kind of love story between Axel and the, the chick that works there for the security and whatnot, which yeah. was, it was something, but it wasn't like necessary really, you know? Yeah. That wasn't really a thing. He wasn't really like chasing women in the other movies. Exactly. Exactly. So, but I, I did like the whole, uh, um, theme park setting. I I thought that was great. Uh, It was, it was different than, you know, one and two. 
at Wonder World yep. when he thought he busted them, and there's like this are I can't remember what they called it, it as like Wonder Bucks or something yep. like that. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, I mean overall they did a pretty good job with the setting of it. The setting of it was great. I they could have did better with the story and the writing. Um, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's not a great movie. It's not a bad movie, though, in in my opinion. I, it, it is one I will watch again, and it, it just won't be one that I'll watch again after watching parts one and two because I don't want to yeah, feel sad. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It's not a bad movie, and it's to me, it's just mediocre. Mm-hmm. It's just middle of the road. Yeah, agreed. I'll watch it. If it's on, I'll watch it, but I probably won't put it in over something else I think is funnier or more entertaining as far as action goes. Exactly. Exactly. But that's kind of all I got to say about uh, part three because, I mean, it, it is what it is. It, it's definitely a mediocre movie like you were saying. It's it's not great. It's not bad, though. Um, definitely middle of the road for me. Um, if you were to rank these three movies, how would you rank them, though? I, I can probably guess what you're going to say. Yeah, it's easy. It's in chronological one, two, three. Yeah, I I, I would agree. It's and it's it's one and two are definitely really close because they're yeah they're so close. But it, obviously, part one is such a classic, and it's just that much better. But it's barely because they're so good and they complement each other so well, and. Part three is obviously just a step down from both of them. So definitely chronological for me as well. But yeah. Um, And as always, we would love to know what you guys think. You can always uh, reach out to us through our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at CLS Podcast. We would love to hear what you guys think of this series and all the other ones that we've done this month. Um, Feel free to reach out to us. Uh, But as we leave, though, uh, did you have any final words that you wanted to say, Mark? You don't got to be embarrassed if your dick gets hard. Your dick's supposed to get hard. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) I fucking love it. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. This episode of the Crystal Lake Soldiers podcast is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Check us out at www.clspodcast.com. Or join in the conversation on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All at CLS Podcast. Until next time, stay safe, campers.